Welcome to the Sports Couch Podcast. I'm Matt. Nick. Chris. All right, so this is episode one um, of the Sports Couch Podcast. Have a seat on the couch. Just going to go over quickly uh, the structure of the show. So there's three of us, six topics, five minutes each topic, one moderator, two guys on the couch. The moderator chooses the question, chooses the two guys to go on the couch. Moderator chooses who goes first. First guy gets one minute to talk about their point of view on the topic. Then second guy gets one minute. Moderator has 30 seconds to rebuttal anything they said and kind of add their two cents. 30 more seconds for the first guy, 30 more seconds for the second guy. Then the moderator has 30 seconds to pick a winner who the moderator thought had better points, who kind of won the discussion about that question or about that topic. The winner gets one point. The winner then becomes the next moderator. They choose the question and two guys to go on the couch. You can only put yourself on the couch one time per episode. The winner of the episode who has the most points, the most wins. The following episode, they go first. And that's the best place to be in because we know the six topics going in and you want to pick the first topic, you might want to put yourself on the couch because you're confident about that topic. Or you might want to put two others on the couch because you're not confident with a specific topic. So to start off today, I'm going to go first. Um, I'm going to pick uh, the first topic. And I'm going to put myself and Nick on the couch. So that makes... Chris, the moderator. So Chris is the first moderator. I'm on the couch, and uh, and Nick's going to be on the couch with me. Now we'll go over. I'll tell you the first six topics. The first six, the, the questions we're going to be doing on this week's episode, and that's how we'll start off each episode. We'll go over the six topics, and obviously, if there's a tie at the end, we have a sudden death question. So the six topics we'll be tackling this week: one, does the Stafford trade? NFC favorites. Will the Nets win the 2021 NBA Finals? Three. Who will be in the World Series this year? Four. Should the Jets move Sam Darnold this offseason? Five. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? And six. What is the best conference in the NCAA Men's Basketball League this year? The Big 12? For the Big Ten. So like I said, I'm putting myself on the couch with Nick. Chris is the moderator. And the question is, will the Nets win the 2021 NBA Finals? Chris, I'll let you tell us when I can start. All right. So with the, the question, the, the Nets, will the Nets be in the Finals this year? And you have your first time, you have a minute now. Not only do I think they're going to be in the finals, I think uh, they're going to win the NBA finals. I mean, I don't know. I, I've been watching as much basketball as I can. And, you know, the Lakers were the favorites. And Caesar says they're still the favorites right now. But I don't know, man. I think that KD, Kyrie, and Harden, all healthy, could go down as the greatest offensive big three ever, especially if they start winning. Um, James Harden is thriving. He's playing the best basketball I've seen him play in years. He's leading the league in assists. Yes, they have the 23rd ranked defense right now, and they're allowing 116 points, but they lead the NBA in points per game. 
and offensive rating, and they're playing at the seventh fastest pace. These guys, you can't guard these guys. Listen, KD is the most unguardable player on earth, and Kyrie has the best handles in the league, and Harden is arguably the second most unguardable player in the league. I don't see how you're stopping them if they're scoring all those points. All right, and your minute is wrapping up. So, in my have a seat on the couch. We'll first start off by saying that first comment you, you said that, you know, we're going to say that they're, they're the top three scorers, you know, of all time on one team. Uh, that, a little early. Pump the brakes. You know, they haven't even been on the court together, which is scary um, because they haven't been on the court together too many games. And already they're, they're dominating. They're leading the NBA uh, by a large margin in points per game. Over 20 straight games, over 120 points. That's ridiculous. It is. Um, but have, to quote LeBron, have we forgotten about Clay? Um, uh, KD and Curry already because those guys were dominant. Um, I will say this. I do like the team. Um, I do think they have a real shot, but you can't underestimate the importance of the front court. Okay. They have one guy, DeAndre Jordan. They don't have a whole lot of depth. They are going to be matching up against Philly. Who's got the MVP of the league. You heard it here. Joel Embiid. He is fantastic. He is on a tear this year. And they're going to need to get uh, deeper and, you know, hopefully stay healthy if they're able to, uh, they want to compete with them for the East title. Wow. Those are some pretty good, um, like, but yeah, you guys forgot about the Lakers though. The Lakers are going to be there in the finals to stop them when AD's back and healthy. It's just an unstoppable duo. We already saw it last year in the bubble. So, so, Matt, you're going to get another 30 seconds for a little wrap-up, and then Nick will get 30 more seconds, too. So, Matt, your 30 seconds starts now. You know, you bring up good points, you know, about especially Clay, Steph, and, and, and KD. I said they could be one of, you know, the greatest – or I did say they could end up being the greatest big three off- – the offensive big three ever. I agree with you. They are weak at the front court. I mean, if DeAndre Jordan goes down, I don't know why they traded away Jared Allen. Um, I mean, I guess they had to for their overall plan. But I just think, honestly, the Lakers look weak to me right now. And if AD, if they want to sit him, if they're scared for his Achilles, because if that thing goes, they're not winning this year or next year. And then LeBron's 38 years old. So I don't know. I I, I still think they, they're the favorites even against the Lakers. The Lakers can't defend right. them. You, man. Went, you went a little over the 30 seconds there, Matt. That was my fault, but you were you were saying some good stuff, so I wanted to let you go. So I'll, get, I'll give Nick the little extra 10 seconds that you've got to make sure he gets – so, Nick, if you have any last comments, your 30 seconds starts now. Oh, yes, I, I do. Uh, I will say, again, I do think they have a real shot, but the East is, you know, better than it has been in many, many years. you got the Bucks. Uh, coming out of the East, potentially. you got Philly coming out of the East, but potentially. They're both improved teams. Uh, and Bede's playing lights out. Uh, Giannis is playing lights out. Um, you know, I will say that the uh, Nets are 10th worst in turnovers. They are dead last in second chance mm-hmm. points. Now, part of that is because they don't miss a lot of shots. But they're going to run into just in the East, right? They're going to run into Joel Embiid, okay? Siakam, okay? Um, and then once they get to the... All right, Nick. You Championship. Wrap, wrap they, have, they have to pl- play against Anthony Davis if he's healthy. Yeah, the Bucks. You can beat the Nets by controlling the clock, limiting turnovers, and 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 just controlling the clock. If you can't compete them in a the shootout. Bu- the Bucks don't. The Bucks don't, don't have. Them, but the Bucks don't have the offense. If you control the clock, no. you will beat the Nets. The Nets are a years away. They are not deep enough. I, 
not years away. I, I, I must say, I one must say, away. I must say one thing: the, the East is not better than it's been. The Knicks are the four seed right now. Knicks, like, seed. come on, the East. The, the Knicks the, are a the playoff. East is, they're tied for. They're, they are tied for fourth right now in the East. The East is not better than it's been. The West is better than it's been in years. Yeah, I'm not. The yeah, West I'm not really has, talking about the West. No, the but West I, no, but 10, I, East, the West the has East, ten playoff teams. I also agree with Nick that I haven't seen the East. I think that this whole super team that was created in Brooklyn has elevated the East greatly, greatly elevated the East. And I think that, I don't know, I don't know why Giannis signed that max. I don't think he's going to win there, but still his presence there, Joel's presence. I mean, they're, they're, they're forces. So, all right. I like what are thinking, Chris? To stay there. So, so, um, Honestly, my opinion for who won this argument, I'll, I'll probably have to go with with Matt. He just brought up some better points. Seem, see more. Just mm. kind of all went. Let's go. I mean, but Nick, you'll get a chance to redeem yourself later on. You know how it goes. Uh, that, that, gonna, I mean, that that was tight. Only one that person was, could win. I, I thought uh, Nick was. I thought Nick was bringing up some good it was, stats it was there. I got close. scary. It was, it was tough. It was scary. It, it was definitely tough to pick a winner. You guys brought up. Good topics. Very good. We just topics. have a short sample size with the Nets so far, and they're not very deep. And I do not. I think the front court's important if you can control the clock, you know, and, and you can run your brand of basketball against them. And I just think it's one of those things. But I also think it's one of those things. That's we're going to be that, looking back. We're going to be looking back, and we're going to say. <laughs> but we're going to be looking back, and we're going to be like, you know, I guess hindsight was, you know, it's twenty twenty. Like I guess I should have thought they they were ready to win. If they win uh, this year, it's not going to be a surprise. It's all I'm saying. No one's going to be surprised true. if they win. Are we? So, up? You, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. If they all right, I'm up. First round so here we go. I'm I'm the moderator. I got one point. Let's go. Um, but you already. And, put, uh, yeah, but I'm the moderator. You put so yourself I pick, on the couch. Exactly. So can't, I can't put no, myself no. on the couch. You can't put yourself back in the couch. No. So clearly, there's only two other options here. So. Nick, Chris, have a seat on the couch. My question for you guys is, does the Stafford trade make the Rams NFC favorites? And uh, Nick, I'm, I'm going to let you go first. You impressed me with your, uh, with your research there with the stats for the previous question. So, Nick, whenever you're ready, does the Stafford trade make the Rams NFC favorites? Your minute starts now. Absolutely. Absolutely. You look at the, the Rams. Okay, Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the NFL, period. Okay, that when you look at a team and you say, how are we going to compete for a championship? You need to have a couple core core things in place. You need to have a lockdown corner. They have that in Jalen Ramsey. They need to have, you know, uh, a, somebody who rushed the passer. They have the 2020 NFL Defensive Player of the Year in Aaron Donald. Okay, they have a great defense. Okay, better than any defense that, that Stafford has ever played played with ever before. Um, not only that is, is he's Stafford's now upgrading his supporting cast uh, cup and woods have the most yards after catch of any wide receiver duo in the league. Uh, 1,089 yards for woods, 1,081 y- yards, uh, 89 yards for cup since 2019 per, per pro football focus. That is one of the best wide receiver duos in the league yards after the catch. Okay. Stafford gives them someone who's healthy. Who's one of the, one healthy is one of the best quarterbacks in this era. Okay. In this era, he has got, all right, eight all there, time Nick. in fourth Wrap quarter comebacks and 38 game winning drives. He's got eight seasons with 4,000 yards it, or Nick. more. I got to give, I got to let Chris go on the couch. That's, you get, went a little over. Um, 
But bring up. Did you just say some... Matt Stafford is one of the best quarterbacks of our era? Of our era, yes, yes. The stats can back it up. Chris, Chris, Nick's bringing up some good points here. You got one minute, Chris. Go. Well, they how are they how are they even favorites to win the NFC at all when the when Tom Brady was still playing next year? I'm pretty sure he didn't retire last time I checked. <laughs> The, the Bucks are loaded. I don't know how they're even going to get – I don't know how the Rams are even going to get to play them because there's so many good teams in the NFC. Like, I don't, you don't even know if they're going to win their division. You got Seattle's good. Obviously, the Rams are great, but the Cardinals are, could be better than them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's – I, I, can't, I can't see them – I don't think Matt Stafford makes them the favorites. Because they weren't even like second place in their division every year in the in the north with Stafford, the Lions. So what makes you think he's just gonna come to the Rams and all, and just win? It's not like Jared Goff was garbage. He wasn't the best quarterback, but it's not like he was trash. They put up pretty similar similar numbers, except for Stafford had like that one year where he threw five thousand yards, and it's not like he was that great besides that one year. So, but I can't I can't see anybody in the NFC beating the Bucks. I think the only team that can compete with the Bucks is Kansas City. All right, Chris. Great points for both, but you know, I I got I got to remind you of something, Nick, and you'll have another thirty seconds here. But suddenly, you know, I mean, we, we've seen you know Stafford. You know, he did have uh, over four thousand yards from two thousand twelve to two thousand seventeen. Sure, but then he dropped off. And I just want to bring up: he's appeared in three playoff games and he's won zero playoff games so suddenly they're, they're the suddenly they're the favorites with a guy and he who did have not shown up in the, playoffs. At the beginning of his career so i just want i just want to bring up that point to you to give another for you to have 30 seconds to kind of bring up this guy suddenly at 33 years old is suddenly gonna not only win a playoff game but get to the super bowl you got 30 seconds He's got over eight seasons with over 4,000 yards. I'm not sure how you can say he's not one of the best in our era. Okay. Again, I'll say it again. Eighth all-time in fourth quarter comeback, 16 all-time in touchdowns. And you look at a guy that's never had a very good defense ever. They've always been god-awful. The last time the Lions had a 1,000-yard rusher in a single season game uh, came in 2013 with Reggie fucking Bush. Okay. And not only that, he's upgrading his offensive line. Pro Football Focus ranked the, the, the Rams at number three. Best offensive line. All right, that's it, Nick. So you you got him. You got a guy who's an absolute competitor, uh, gets upgrading at the offensive line, better defense, and, you know, he has had over eight seasons, man. He's one of the best of all time, over 4,000 yards, okay? And you're telling me that they're not elevated? Plus, Cam Akers. They might be be elevated there, Nick. They might be elevated, and, you know, you can look at, 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 at statistics, but at the end of the day, you know, to get to a Super Bowl, you got to win playoff games. And I'm sorry, you can have a great re- regular season in terms of stats, but the guy has not shown up in the playoffs. And you have a, and I'm sorry, and it's not just you got to get through dimensional. It's not just a, a quarterback doesn't make the the team, okay? And I will say with Chris's comment about the Bucks, they have Levante, David, that's that's a free agent, um, Godwin, lot, and Dominic yeah, Sue. Wanna, they have tons of people I'm that are ask, free agents, okay? That um, if they don't get them back, they're gonna decrease a little bit they're not going to be as efficient and at some point brady's going to slow down and that could be this year sorry yeah, chris you, you got 30 seconds i am going to bring up the point that you know the bucks have a lot of their core um up for in free agency 
Um, you know, are they going to re-sign Antonio Brown? Who, I mean, yes, he had that 30-yard catch in the Super Bowl, but didn't really do much when, when he was in. He, he had that injury. But, you know, you can't deny to Nick's point. I mean, at this point, I, I can't bet against Brady. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins again. Shaquille but, you know, you got agent. How important you got Rodgers in that game, I just want to bring huh? up this for Chris's 30 seconds. You got, you got Rodgers. You got now Stafford. You got some guys that you got to get through. And do you think that Brady is going to have issue getting through guys who, if healthy, are pretty darn good? When he well, starts to slow I, down eventually. I think the, well, the problem with that is that I, I don't think he, I don't think he's going to slow down because why, when is that like it, it would have happened already? You know what I'm saying? He's getting, he's already, He's already turning 44 this summer. But to get back to the to the regular to, to the other question about the Rams, how much better is Matt Stafford than Jared Goff is the real question. And he's much better. not that much, much better. better. Look at their stats last their stats last season were pretty comparable. He had four four thousand. They both had about four thousand yards. Stafford had twenty-six touchdowns. He had twenty, but in their passer they um Goff had 13 picks. Stafford had 10 and it, the passer ratings were pretty similar at 96 and 90. So it's pretty close. So I don't think he elevates them very much. The team's already good. Anyway, they made the Super Bowl two years ago. If you're going right, to say Chris. that it's so important that, that a you know, quarterback wins championships, right? Brady's going to win it no matter who, who they resign. How can you not say that, you, that it's not a legitimate upgrade? He is a hall of fame quarterback, Matthew Stafford. He is. Yeah. It, it, 16 all-time passing touchdowns. I don't know if I would go that far. 16 all-time passing put, touchdowns. But can we put every, most fourth-quarter comebacks. But can we put everybody – how are we going to put every quarterback in this era in the Hall of Fame? They're all going to be top 20 because the passing is so much crazier now. The only one that – the only that's, one that's up there from back in the day is Dan Marino. And that's, and that's another – uh, If Stafford is healthy, you cannot deny this is the best uh, running game he's ever had, one of the better offensive lines, one of the better defense. Right, definitely the best team. Best head coach. We got to move, on here. We gotta move on here, boys. We got to move on here, boys. And, and I got to say – it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. I got to say I, I, I agree with both sides here. I, I, see, I see Chris's point about Brady because I've been – it's taken me, what – 20 years. I mean, I am completely convinced. I mean, and I should have been convinced sooner than this, but you know, there are plenty of times I thought he was done and I, the, the guy's going to be holding the Lombardi trophy again. I know it. I don't know if it's going to be next year, but Nick, you know, you brought up a lot of good points about the passing game, the receivers that Stafford has and, you know, defense he might have. And you also brought up points that I, I didn't forget about, but I was reminded of about the free agency in Tampa Bay which, you know, I don't know, there hasn't been many teams that have been able to keep their core together after the Super Bowl. Politics, money get involved. So, unfortunately, uh, I got to get there. Chris, I got to give it to uh, – I got to give that win to Nick. Let's go. Good choice. Good choice. So, Nick – Do you realize Matt Stafford's only good years were when Megatron was there, though, but we won't go into that. <laughs> so, I agree with both, both sides. It's hard. I agree with both sides. All right, Nick, will, is, uh, Nick is up. I will put Matt on the couch and myself on the couch. Oh, boy. For should the Jets move on from Sam Darnold this offseason? Oh, man. Oh, man. So Matt, Chris, you can go ahead and start. Chris, yeah, so Chris is the moderator here. 
All right. So, so the question for you, so, so who, so, so Matt's going to be on the couch first. Oh man. Yeah. I'll be on the couch for this. All right. So, so Matt, your, your um, minute starts. Should the Jets move on from Sam Darnold this offseason? Your minute starts now. Have a seat on the couch. Yes. 100% move on from Sam Darnold. I'm sorry. The last three seasons cannot be overlooked. I don't want to hear about mono. I don't want to hear about what coach he didn't have, what quarterback advice he didn't have, what line he didn't have, what receivers he didn't have. Look at Robbie Anderson. Look what he's doing. Okay. Look at someone like Le'Veon Bell, right? Who, who can't, who can't succeed with the jets. I, it's jets. It's Darnold. Let me give you this one stat in three seasons. He's under 3000 passing yards. Okay. In two of the seasons in 2019, he had 3,024 yards, right? He has, um, what does he have here? He has 45 career TDs in three seasons. And Justin Herbert had over 4,000 yards last year with 31 TDs in 15 games. He didn't have a good line. Yes, he had some wide receivers, but I'm sorry. This guy has not produced. It's the NFL. It's not Pop Warner football. I don't want to give out any freebies. Let's give him some more time. He's had enough time. You're a pro quarterback. It's year three. I'm sorry. Got to move on. Give whatever package you can to get Deshaun Watson. That's it. Make right, a splash. Matt. All right, Matt. That's it. And, you, and, you're, and you're, your time is wrapping up there. I, I like that. I like that point. But how? But a question I'm going to bring up before Nick goes is, but how many times can the Jets start over? How many times are they going to keep doing this before they get some get some kind of stability in this organization? You know what I'm saying? Good point. You know what I'm saying, Matt? Good how point, Chris. They gave they, up. How many times can they rebuild? Yeah, they gave so up a lot Nick, to get I'm, Sam I'm gonna, Donald. I'm going to put. Yeah, they gave so, up a lot to so get Nick, Sam Darnold three years own, ago. They definitely did. All right, so Nick, your minute's going to start now. All right, so it, it's a very interesting discussion. You know, um, I am definitely of the opinion that you should go all after uh, Deshaun Watson, all in for Deshaun Watson. Well, and nothing is not available outside of uh, Mekhi Becton. Everybody else is available uh, on the Jets uh, and all the picks that they want. If you can't get him, you know, you're sitting at a spot where, okay, this is a team that won two football games last year, two football games. Okay. They need talent everywhere, all across the ball. Okay. So you could, it's not so much, you know, yes, I agree that, that he's had an awful um, start to his career, but he's, he only had Robbie Anderson. Who's not a true uh, wide receiver that, that matters. He's gone through, he's a wide receiver one. He's gone through three head coaches and three offensive coordinators now in, in now going into his oh, fourth God. year. Okay. And so the quarterback Here market is not great this offseason. He's coming off the worst year of his career. Sitting at two. If you're sold on a guy, you take him. If not, trade down. No. Potentially hold on to Absolutely Darnold not. for another year. He's still on his rookie contract. See what you got there and get and and tr- you know, trade down. That number two pick is going to be hot, hot off the presses. People are going to be want, uh, calling for that, okay? You are able to get another first-round uh, pick uh, for uh, that, a second-round no. pick for that. You can build uh, Nick, around gotta... Sam Darnold for a year. If it doesn't work out, then you move on next year. All right, Nick. That, that was, somebody that was some, some great stuff, Nick. But uh, how, like I said before, how, how many times can they – like I said, how many times can they start over? They almost uh, have to maybe try to build around him a little bit. No, I don't. I honestly, honestly, Chris, I don't, I don't think you can build around this guy. And you know what? You want to talk about rebuilding and having a losing culture. 
you're not going to have the number two pick all the time unless you continue to suck, unless you continue to lose. So make a splash. Draft and take a chance on a QB because Darnold's not good. Take a chance. Get the best wide receiver in the draft. Take the Heisman winner. Do something. Do something say, with that pick. I must say, if you're going to do I, that, I, then I what are you going to do with quarterback do then? If you're, you're going to you're going to trade then what are you going to do a quarterback? You you what you, What are you going to do? Add you're one taking thing a receiver too. Have, time guys, time. I I got to um I got to add one thing before you guys have your 30 seconds. Um Robbie Anderson did just have his best career season, his first season off the Jets. He had his first 1000-yard season. But so Matt, you're going to have another 30 seconds to to wrap this topic up. Starts now. All it is a little bit there just sharing my own points but I'll just make it quick my last point is I don't want to hear any more excuses that don't include Sam Darnold all I ever hear is excuses about what he hasn't had you know what you got Kyler Murray you got Herbert you got Josh Allen people going into organizations who don't have the best of the best yes they have some receivers yes Diggs is there yes but I'm sorry Bills don't have a great a great line they have an okay line and he thrives there. He, he runs. He busts through guys. I want a guy making plays right. when he doesn't have people. And that's not Sam Darnold. Right, Sam Darnold will go to a All team right, and Matt. he will not thrive. You will see, even with the best line. I am not sold on Sam Darnold, but there's so much more that, that they can address by trading away this number two pick and potentially he's got one more year left on, on, his, on his rookie contract, okay? He's only 23 years old. You surround him with weapons, okay? They, he has had an, one of the worst offensive lines you know, they were no higher than were 26 overall rating in the past three years that he's been on the team. That's an awful O-line. He's dealt with mono. He's dealt with significant oh, sh- shoulder injuries. Has not been healthy a full season, okay? And it, uh, and I'm sorry, um, Gase was not an offensive guru. He, he had an awful experience so far with coaching. Bringing a guy who brought Jimmy Garoppolo to the, to the Super Bowl, who's not a great quarterback. He's a system quarterback. Bring a guy who who's a great offensive mind that can, that can see what this kid can do. If not, you move on from him next year, or potentially if you like somebody after trading down, they're still there. Fields is there at pick number eight, then pick him and then trade him. But I would not, you know, there's so many, op- there's so many different holes in this organization. You need to start to build and see what you have with Sam Darnold. If not move on next year. Call me when Zach Wilson has 4,000 yards. Right, guys. Okay. When Zach All Wilson right, has 4,000 yards, I'm sorry. Explain to me why, real quick, Justin Herbert had 4,336 yards in 15 games. Is that just pure talent? Or he has a great coach, great line, great receivers. Keenan Allen, okay, great receiver. One of the best underrated receivers in the NFL, okay? Okay. Uh, Crowder Crowder could be great if he had a good quarterback. All right, guys. So you guys both brought up some very good, very good arguments. But the but like I said, the only reason I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Nick here because I agree with the fact that they can't just they can't keep starting over. How many times can you start? You gotta give you gotta give them one more chance and try to put some weapons around them oh. or something. I I, I I I see that, but as a as a fan of the Jets, I just can foresee another under 500 season winning five games and you're like wow look zach look at zach wilson going off i guess we're gonna have to re it's like perpetuating how long you're gonna rebuild the team it's just but what if you take zach what if they take zach wilson the same thing over again they're gonna be in the same spot in three years i don't 
I don't necessarily why think we, so because oh, why? Oh, you know what? I Jets know did not win the lottery because yes, Nick says picks are like the lottery. Sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. Like look at Brady who who got picked where he got picked. I get it, but I'm sorry. You have guys like Murray, Herbert. They're going off. Allen going off, and Sam Darnold is officially a bust. He's officially a bust. I'm okay, sorry. Baker Mayfield has has Jarvis Landry. Okay, has Odell Beckham Jr. And yeah, he's okay. excelled. He's excelled. Yeah, with great receivers, with a great supporting cast. A fantastic They, get, they gave him. They gave him. But let me tell you right now, so, on, the Jets, on the Jets, if you had Justin Herbert on the Jets with the same line, everything, throwing to Crowder and Robbie Anderson, boy, would you see more touchdowns. Boy, would you see more touchdowns. But Robbie Anderson wasn't uh, there last year. How are you going to I'm just saying, I'm saying in theory. I'm saying in theory, okay? I'm just saying if you had somebody like that, that or Josh Allen. If you had Josh Allen on the team, they would have had touchdowns. Sorry. What I'm I, saying is there's many holes in this organization. I'm not sold on Sam Darnold, but you bring in Matt LaFleur, who helped bring Jimmy Garoppolo to a Super Bowl, who's not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Let's just be honest about that, right? So this guy is, rings, is, is, is a guy that can – that's rings. worked with, with, with <laughs> offensive schemes before that have built around mediocre quarterbacks, okay, and get the most out of them. And let's face it, we haven't seen the best of Sam Darnold, and I would rather see if we can get it from him and build around him. And then potentially one more year, instead of exercising his fifth-year option and paying him 25 mil, send him to someone else for a second-round pick or something. But as of now, unless you're I sold think, on I Zach think Sam Wilson, Darnold is shown, or, shown flashes of being pretty decent sometimes. I don't want to terrible, but that's in, in year three. All right, I want so consistency. next question, though. I am up uh, two to one. Consistency. Uh, and um, I, got zero. I am going to be like putting Matt and <laughs> me against the brothers. Chris, uh, Matt and Chris are going to be on the couch, um, and I'm going to give them. I am going to say, let's see, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Mm. Chris, you're going to go first. Uh, have a seat on the couch. You have one minute starting now. Uh, see this this topic yeah. for me is pretty like it's it's tough. This is this is a tough conversation because how many the thing that comes up is how many quarterbacks from this era can we put in the hall of can we put every single quarterback yeah. in the hall of fame? What's the, what's gonna be the criteria for that? Because think about it, because if you take out the Super Bowls. He had a better career than Eli Manning, but Eli is Eli yeah. Manning's a for sure Hall of Famer off the two rings. Yeah, but I'm saying he because in my opinion, you could say, oh, he's 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 top whatever, top twenty in in everything for quarterbacks. But I think every quarterback from this era is going to be top ten, top ten, top twenty. You know what I mean? All the new quarterbacks, it's, they're going to they're going to wipe away the records. It's going to get it's going to get pretty crazy, but. But for me, I don't think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer because how many times have we seen him choke when it mattered the most? He had LT. They had a great team in 2006. Tom Brady went in there and beat him on the road. They had a home playoff game off the bye, and it was done. And they never, and he never really, they never really went anywhere. They always, they were, they went 12 and four, 2018, 12 and four, great season, losing the playoffs. This year, Colts, brand-new team, has one of the best seasons of his career. First-round loss. How many times is he not – how can he put a quarterback 
in the Hall of Fame that never comes up in the big moments. All right, Chris, brought up some good points there. Um, before I move on, uh, Matt, I will pose the, the question. Uh, Chris alluded to the fact that how many quarterbacks can we put from one era into the Hall of Fame, and how important is it playoff record? Phillip Rivers is 5-7 and seven in the playoffs. Um, so tell me you know, a, little, a little bit your opinion and also um, you know, how important is it playoff record to Hall of Fame uh, you know, decisions? You know, I think to Chris's point, who who can like how many guys are we gonna are we gonna let in? I think we're living in such a golden age of quarterbacks right now that, like Chris said, we're gonna come out of this and say, in the last 15, 20 years, we had top 10 guy guys, and and we're gonna see if anyone else lives up to that. But you know, I think it's harder to win a Super Bowl than it is to to win you know a title in you know NBA even. You know, I, I just think that what it takes is harder. So I think that. Honestly, he's a Hall of Famer. I think that you can't weigh championships. You can't weigh Super Bowls as heavy in the NFL. You guys can have spectacular careers with no Super Bowl. Look at Barry Sanders. He never won a Super Bowl. Ten spectacular pro seasons. I mean, the guy had 15,000 rushing yards. He averaged five yards per carry and scored over 109 touchdowns. You just compare Barry Sanders to Phillip Rivers? I'm just saying, listen, I'm just saying that there are guys out there that don't win Super Bowls that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And all I'll say about Rivers, he ranks fifth all-time in passing yards, 63,000 yards and touchdowns, 421, both of which are the most of quarterbacks who do not have a Super Bowl appearance or title. So if we can, I want to argue that of the guys that don't have a Super Bowl or an appearance, He's number one on my list to be a Hall of Famer. Number one. Good point. Good point. He is fifth all time in, in scoring touchdowns as well. And I will yeah. ask this question to you, Chris. Fifth. You know, no, knowing that something I think that's underrated when you look at quarterbacks is what they did to elevate the guys around them. Okay. Philip Rivers, uh, in his time with the Chargers, okay, he had Darren Sproles, Vincent Jackson, Chris Chambers, remember him, Antonio Gates, oh, of course, yeah. Malcolm Floyd. All these guys ended up being top 12 all-time receiving rates for the Chargers. Keenan Allen. So all these guys, he elevated all these guys. Gates is is one of the best tight ends of all time. So my favorite tight end ever. How important is it, you know, looking at how these guys elevated teammates around them in the argument with with getting into the Hall of Fame? My – I, I agree with that, but those guys were very talented to begin with. And my fit, and, and I want to go off of what Matt was saying before too about how he said the rings shouldn't be count. I'm not, I'm not counting in the Super Bowl rings. Like, it's okay to not win a Super Bowl and you can still get into the Hall of Fame. Look at Dan Marino. I'm just saying he was never the best. Obviously, he was never the best quarterback in the league at any point in his entire career. Number one, like that's not his fault necessarily. But think about it. How many times in the playoffs he didn't like done one and done you know what i'm saying he never even like snipped he never even got to the super bowl you know what i'm saying like that he always came up short and it seemed like he always threw a pick in a big spot so, so that's but, the most important every time. important to you. you you don't you don't see the, um so, what about regular season though like yeah it's that my question i understand that but, but i'm saying every quarterback that we're seeing right now is going to be top 20 all time in stats. i i i agree so in my opinion he's the guy who doesn't have a Super Bowl or an, or an appearance in a Super Bowl. He's the one guy. He's the one guy that makes it. 
Like, uh, like I think that if there's two other guys that make it, the rings are going to count. Like, you know, Breeze and Manning. And well, Tom Brady doesn't count because he's just unanimous. But, you know, he's in a league of his own. But I'm just saying those guys are going to be matched I'm saying, with but, rings. And he's not because he doesn't have how it. So many, he's going to be matched with what he did. how many from this era can you put? So you're going to have – like 10 quarterbacks just from this last era in the Hall of no. Fame? I will say, so that, that's, that's all. That's what it's going to come down to. Breeze, Manning, yeah. Rivers, and Brady. That's all the time we have, but I was talking Stafford, too. That's all the time we have, oh, you know, Stafford. I... Stafford? It's, it's a very difficult question. Obviously, if Rivers isn't in, and Stafford isn't in, and I think Stafford should be in. But my my opinion coming in was that Rivers, Rivers is in right on the borderline that he should be in. Um, I, I think that Chris brought up some good points. You did as well, Matt. Um, but ultimately, um, going back to the conversation of how many we can put from one era in, mm-hmm. I think he's on the outside looking in. I, I, I'm going with Chris uh, as the winner of this argument. That's a point for Chris. So right now we're at two points. Yeah, Chris on the board. Two points um, for Nick. And I have one point, and Chris has one point, And we have gotten – through four out of the six questions. So this is a turning point in this episode um, for, you know, where Chris wants to go with this next question. Mm, It's tough. So there's, so we got two questions left. Yep. We got, we got who will be in the world series or world series. So, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a little a little a little loophole here, and I'm gonna go with I'm gonna put Nick and Matt on the couch here, and I'm gonna go with what is the best conference in NCAA men's basketball this year. All right, who's All right. going first? And I think to to be fair, I think Nick should go first. Appreciate okay. that. All right, I will have a seat on the couch. So, what's the best conference? We'll have a seat on the couch. Big Twelve or the Big Ten? I will say both of these uh, conferences have some just lights out players, fantastic players, bunch of oh. pros from each each side. Really enjoyed watching both these conferences this year. But I do think that the edge goes to my Big Twelve. Being mm-hmm. a WVU alumni, I am big on the Big Twelve, and I've watched a lot of those games this year. And um, let's start with the coaches, right? So you look at the, some of the best coaches in college ball. It's got to favor the Big 12. you got Huggins at 898 wins. you got Kruger from OU, underrated coach, 689 wins. Bill Self, we all, we all know about him. He's a Hall of Famer, 725 wins. He's had, you know, he's won a national championship uh, over 12, you know, almost, I think it was 12 consecutive. You have to check my stats on this, but 12 consecutive, you know, uh, Big 12 regular season titles, uh, you know, and then you have the, some, some great young coaches in Shaka Smart, Chris Beard, Scott Drew, uh, Chris Beard won 2019 AP Coach of the Year. And now let's get to the, to the players. You know, the Big 12 ha- has these great players, these, these diverse teams that have shooters, that have big men. You look at West Virginia, they got Derek Culver and McCabe shooting. They got McNeil. They got Taz Sherman. And then you look at somebody like Texas, who's got um, Jones, uh, Ramey, Coleman, um, they got Brown and, and they got Sims. Great, complete team. They have complete teams that I, I think are going to be really competitive in not only the Big 12 tournament, but the uh, NCAA tournament. And I think they're deeper than the 14 team league 
in the Big Ten. Yeah, some good points there, Nick. Um, Chris, I, I think you're muted. Moderator is muted a little bit here. My fault. Thanks for right. these guys. Um, no worries. But I think Nick's being a little biased with his being a West Virginia alum. I don't, I don't know like where because the the Big Ten is pretty is pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, I am a you know, I feel like I'm a sort of uh, you know, West right, so Virginia. Matt, your time on the couch. All right, yeah. So you know, I'm 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 a West Virginia fan, even though I didn't go there. You know, I kind of have uh, honorary, I'd say, a fan, even though I didn't go to the school. So I I I, I do agree with a lot of Nick's points. I I actually think that the overall com competition in the Big Twelve is more intense. Um, it's harder to win games in the Big 12, I think. But, you know, to look at the other side here, you know, you have four teams that are a lock right now um, in the Big 10. I mean, you have arguably three out of those four that could be in the Final Four. I mean, Iowa is a, could be a Final Four team. Ohio State could be a Final Four team. Michigan could be a, a Final Four team. And I don't see, like, Final Four in Michigan a lot of these ranked yeah, I don't, I, I don't see these uh, like a lot of Final Four like lock in the Big Twelve right now. And I think you got the Player of the Year in Garza. You know, you got this freshman Dickinson on Michigan. The guy's averaging fourteen point seven rebounds. You know, close to averaging a, a, a double double. I mean, I've watched guys try to back him down like Garza. The guy's the guy's a giant. You can't move him. He's got great great post play. He's a freshman. So I just think that. With, with a lock of a couple teams, in my opinion, I mean, I think Michigan's a lock for the final four, but I'm saying the, the ability for three teams that are not only going to be in the tournament, but could possibly be in the final four. I, I think right now uh, to look at the other side of the argument, because I do love the big 12. I think the big 10 has the edge here just because if we're looking at the tournament, they have the edge in the tournament with overall talent and, um, you know, play, players, I mean, and what they're putting up right now. That was some, that was some pretty good, you know what I just, Iowa State is 2-18. and 18 I know. Bad. I don't know what's going on. I mean, what, they, is, they, going they, they what were, is going on there? Not to get off. A lot topic. of guys went, I mean, how many guys went to the NBA recently? I mean, a few guys went well, to the NBA. Halliburton, a pretty one good guy. program. Halliburton. Yeah, usually, but, usually. But, okay, it's outside weird. Outside of that because, team. Because in the, in the Big Ten, Michigan, Michigan State is having a, down year too for yeah, them. Yeah, down year. So I will say, am I on the couch again? You got thirty seconds. So, Chris, all right, so yeah, so so Nick Nick is going to get his thirty second rebuttal here. Sorry for the change of all pace. Right, so, so the Big Twelve has seven out of their ten teams in the top twenty five, not officially, but as of you know Monday after two wins, Cade Cunningham and, and OU and Boone, they will be in the top twenty five. So you look at that team; that's seventy percent of the conference. Seventy percent is going to be in the NCAA tournament. And they're going to compete. Okay, o they have the o number one pick in the drafting, Cade Cunningham. Okay. OU is competitive, has a chance to, to be in the Final Four. West Virginia has a chance. Baylor has a chance. You can't uh, count out Bill Self's uh, Kansas Jayhawks. Okay, and you look at, um, yes, Luca Garza, Hunter Dickinson, Wagner, Michigan is <laughs> the best team in the country. Yes, um, but you just when it comes down to it, you know, Big 12 has four teams projected. Joe Lenardi has top four seeds. Big 12 has five. That's half of the conference is projected to be top four seeds in the NCAA tournament. Half the conference, okay? That's pretty 
I mean, you know, 7% percent of the well, Big we, Ten conference uh, will be, in my opinion, in the. Uh, but you know what the big, you know what the Big Twelve is also known for, Nick. Day one losses. We'll see. And and Nick, you know, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm with you with with, with those stats, but I got to give my rebuttal. You gave a nice it stat close. in the top 25, but you want to hear something about the Big Ten? Right now, they've got four teams ranked in the top 10. Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, Iowa, all in the top 10. That matters going into the tournament. That matters Iowa's going into the to, tournament. Iowa's about to be out of the top 10. So okay, they just that's, lost two straight. Oh, sure. sure. That, that, that's that's still, true. Still that's three. true. That's still three in the top 10 and, and three in the top five. Michigan, that's fine. Illinois, and Ohio State. They'll still have seven, maybe eight teams out of their 14. That's closing in on 57, 60%. That's nowhere near the 70% of the Big 12. That's extremely competitive. Okay. You look at the Big 12 tournament, a seven seed, a seven seed is going to be a tournament team playing a 10 seed, a seven seed in the Big 12 tournament. And, and I agree with what you're saying. I'm just saying overall right now, if I had to pick, I would say I think the Big 10 in terms of where they stand in rankings going into the tournament and as final four favorites because I'm not hearing final four favorites out of the big, big 12. So, yeah, I mean, but the argument right. is who's having the better year, but ultimately the year leads up to the tournament and that's the OU WVU Baylor. Those are all guys that can make the big watch uh, out for that. Watch out for my boy guys. Dickinson. All right, guys, but now we're going to get into the, the only topic that matters about this subject right now is the winner right now. So I'm going to, this is tough because you guys both came at me with some great, like some great knowledge because I wasn't as up knowledgeable about this. So that's why I put you guys on the couch here because I didn't want to get stuck losing this one. College basketball is fire right now. Fire. It is. No, I agree. But you got to, the other thing is, I, I want to just add one thing before, before I pick the winner. ACC is having a down year. They're, that's a great con college basketball conference. And the Big East it. is on the rise. Nick and I love it. The, the, the Big East is coming back. The Big East is on the rise right now. It's true. I'm not yep. saying that they're better than either of these conferences, but it's it's coming back compared to where it was. But I'm, ex I'm, I'm excited to see UConn men do well again. It's been a while. But you guys really put me in a tough spot here. Because we'll, we'll, we'll get into what this, this one means. It, basically, if Nick wins this, he wins, I, I pick Nick to win the show. You can yeah, he but you can't win the week. Yeah, but you can't. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying this. This has nothing to do with my my vote. I'm just explaining what's happening. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So basically, it'll be three to one to one, and the show's over. Yeah, we we'll, we can still do the last so question, but yeah. No, I know, no, no, I know. But I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm just trying to give the audience an idea of what's going on here, how big this is. So it's pretty like it's like I said, you made some pretty pretty good. Um, you said some things about they got four teams in the top ten, even though Iowa might be out of the top Pumped ten out, this yeah. week. But they're still top twenty-five. Nick, if, if you don't mind, how, how many teams are in the top twenty-five in the Big Twelve? I know you as of know now, that. As, as of now, it's six. But um, Oklahoma State just uh, just won two straight, and they beat Oklahoma. Um, so they are going to be that in the top twenty-five. Game. That's going to be seven next week. That was a great game. That kid Cunningham is probably going to be seventy percent of the teams are going to be in the top twenty-five, and th those all are going to be in the in the in the. Uh, big but games. I I think that I I think with 
the Big Ten having Michigan and Ohio State have been pretty much in the top five all pretty. It seems like all year. All year. I I I think the the Big Ten has the edge here because of that, and I think I'm gonna have to give Matt the win. I will say that Michigan is the best team in basketball. I'm okay with that. Ohio State's got real, you know, a real think, deep team. But I think it's, it's uh, so, Illinois is like, pretty good, like, and I love Iowa. Like so you, I'm, I'm okay with. Like it. you see how long it took for me to make that decision. Like I was trying to figure out who I thought should win the whole time, and it's just like it was just a lot of great facts. Yeah, that, that, that was that was that was a great. Impressed. I, I was yeah, impressed. I felt, yeah, that, that was that was good because I I obviously am a Big Twelve fan, but I I uh, I've been watching a lot you know of basketball you know especially college basketball and I've seen you know a lot of the Big Ten play and I just think I don't know I just think overall um, talent wise and just where they're ranked they have a little bit of the edge I I still think that the Big Twelve it's harder to win games I think that they are they're overall like the, the games are closer the games are are tougher to win. Um, in conference games, I just think, I think the Big Twelve has because the Big Ten overall, is so top heavy. Yeah, they're, they're top, I think when well, it comes exactly. down to it, they're 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 favorites for the tournament. They're they're in the top ten, three teams in the top five. The, the, I mean, this I just past think, this past Sunday's game, Michigan versus Ohio State, was a fantastic game. One of the best games I've seen this year. A three versus the four seed, and so yes, yeah, I think they have great. a lot of championship content, contenders in that conference. I think there's two. Uh, I think Michigan. Um, and Illinois are legit contenders. I'm not too uh, as high on Ohio State as others. Iowa's going to make a run to potentially the Elite Eight. So, yeah. Yeah, okay Iowa's going to okay lose. This loss. I, Iowa's going to lose, I, though. I, I know that. I, will I have say, a gut feeling they're going to lose. I will say that we are going to be doing a March Madness special uh, prior to after the selection Sunday. Um, so tune in for that. Um, Iowa and Iowa, Ohio State are playing on CBS at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Definitely check that game out. It's going to be a great one. Awesome. So and we'll have a little March at- Madness um, bracket pool going. So if you guys hit the DMs of the Instagram or the Twitter, hit that up, follow it. Got to do all that. Absolutely. So um, whatever, whatever you were saying, Matt. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's great. You know, uh, talk about our brand here. Like, definitely follow us on Instagram, the Sports Couch Podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter, um, Sports, Sports Couch Pod. Pod. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll be where posting we're at the, now we'll is, be posting the links and all that uh, on absolutely. the Twitter. We'll be keeping you updated with what we're going to be doing for the show and all that. What's new? Keep everybody updated every week. Follow the social media. So we got two, two. Me and Nick and Chris with one. Uh, so this is a you know I, I'm gonna. Uh, so wait, who? Oh, I won. So you yeah, have to put me and Chris on the two, two to I one. To put, I have to put Nick and Chris on the couch. And this is unfortunate because, I mean, I'm now I I'm out. And this is the strategy of the game that you know when we get down to this point, whoever's won, this is what makes the game fun. So now I'm putting uh, Nick and Chris have a seat on the couch, both of you guys, for the, our final Give question here. A chance. Um, and uh, will be in the World Series this year is the question. And here is something else I want to pose here that um, if Chris ends up winning here, we're all tied at two. So um, what would happen then is if Chris wins, um, he decides who, who goes on the couch. And Chris, did you put yourself on the couch yet? 
this episode? Yeah, so nope. yeah, so Chris Chris could be if he wins here, he can put himself on the couch for the sudden death, and that's awesome. All Ooh, right, so here we go. Here. Hello, Bell, get out of here. All right, so Chris, give <laughs> you your minute here. Um, be in the World Series this year. Uh, your minute starts now. I think gut feeling it's going to be Yankees Dodgers. But well, because obviously the, the Dodgers are loaded. I, I think they're pretty much a lock to win the NL. It's going to be pretty tough to argue that. And the Yankees, if they if they, the Yankees stay healthy, they have just as good of a team as the Dodgers. Because Aaron Judge is Aaron Judge and Stanton are two of the best hitters in baseball. When when push comes to shove, they stay healthy. They are two of the best hitters in baseball. But the problem is, is that the Padres are coming this year. The Padres are pretty loaded. The good thing that helps the Yankees out is that the Rays kind of pushed everybody away again. Yeah. They're kind of out of the picture. But but in the AL, you, the Astros are always – they're going to be good. You know oh. like people don't like the Astros, but you know they're going to uh-huh. be good. But I think, but I think my gut feeling, Yankees, Dodgers, and the Dodgers will probably win the World Series. All that's, right, Chris, that, that I, that's I'll your push minute. it off to Nick now. Yeah, that's your minute. That that's some great points, and I, and I, and I also want to you know just remind, uh, going off of what Chris said. I mean, I look at the pitching staff for the Dodgers. It's absolutely scary. I mean, you got Bauer, you got Kershaw, you got Price. I mean, these guys are really good. They, they still have, they still have Price, they, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty David sure. Price. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, that is scary to me. And at the end of the day, I mean, baseball, yes, you can have great hitters, but it comes down to the pitching and, and they, they are have the hard hitters to too, beat. But, but that's why hitters. both teams, I think the Yankees made some good moves in the offseason to kind of get some pitching in there. Cause they have one of the best pitchers in baseball too, Garrett Cole and Severino's coming back this year. So I think they can match up well, but I think the Dodgers and really Herman's coming back too for the Yankees. So here's the Herman's thing. Coming back, and they got Kluber. Which remains to be seen how well he does. So, Nick, I got to give Nick his, his time on the couch here, Chris. So, Nick, uh, I know, but the bring name, up a point. Who's the, who's the pitcher they got from the Pirates? I just want to – for the name. Jane, uh, it's like Italian or something. They got Kluber. And then we'll they have to that look that up. Pirates. You look that up here when, yep. Nick, uh, when Nick's okay. on the couch. So, Nick, got to give you your minute on the couch here. Uh, Chris brought up that the Padres are up and coming. Um, you know, and I want to uh, pose that because that's sort of thrown a wrench in things for some people's predictions. So with that in mind, uh, who do you got uh, winning the World Series this year? So I think that I agree. The Yankees will be in come out of, we'll be out in of the AL. I, I agree with that. Everybody um, wants to say um, the Dodgers um, coming out of the National League. But I have to say the most aggressive team this offseason has been the Padres. They have bolstered. You want to talk about pitching with the Dodgers. They have bolstered their uh, pitching rotation, the Padres. They, they, you know, they got former you know, Cy Young Award winner with World Series experience, Blake Snell. Yeah. They yeah. also got uh, Hugh Darvish, uh, who's a great, uh, great pitcher, Mac- Mackenzie Gore. They got these great pitchers coming in. Um, they're gonna have a great rotation. That's so important when it comes to um, you know deep into the playoffs. Um, then you look at the, the uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. You know he is fan absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Worth that fourteen year year deal. Fourteen years. You look, you look at a guy who's got you know at age twenty a hundred plus hits and a, and a plus um, three hundred batting average. The only other guys to do that: Ken Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez, okay, Mike Trout, uh, Castro. 
So these are these are unbelievable names that he's up there with. So I think that you know him, um, you know, swinging the bat and uh, their 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 pitching depth. I think they have a great shot to upset the Dodgers and be in that uh, and actually beat the Yankees in the championship. Ooh, those are some that those are some good points, Nick. I I, I think you know contracts. You know, looks can be deceiving. He's great. He's great. Absolutely. But the Padres have been irrelevant for a while. And I think that, you know, they're, they're creating a core. They've got a pitch. They've got good pitch, better pitching now. But, you know, it's that, that's a that's a hot take and, and it could happen. But I think that, you know, there needs to be more kind of respect given to where the Dodgers and Yankees are at. Yankees have come up short for sure. But, Chris, you know, I, I want to let you uh, have another 30 seconds here. You know, talking a little bit about, you know, two former MVPs on the Dodgers and what they give defensively, you know, Betts and Bellinger, what they give defensively and, and also swinging the bat. It's 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 unbelievable. I, I still can't believe the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts to the yeah, I know. Dodgers. He's he's one of the best he's one of the best hitters in the league right now. If not like some people might even argue he's probably he could be the best. But I wouldn't argue that necessarily, but but um and Bellinger is unbelievable. But that that lineup is unbelievable too, the whole team. But I I just think I think I think they're the, I think they're going to win the World Series because they're just too loaded. And I don't think anybody's going to beat them. I think the Padres made some moves, but the Dodgers yeah. are just too. It's just too loaded. I can't I can't see yeah. like there's there's nothing else to argue about. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't even, I don't even want to bring up other points because that's that's yeah, what it I, comes back to. They're loaded. Nick, you got 30 seconds here. Wrap it up here. They are loaded. Dodgers are the favorite. I like to go with the underdog. Um, they've been good for quite some time now. Um, and uh, I, I just think that the, uh, how, with how aggressive, how win now the Padres are, they got some, um, they got some sluggers swinging the bat as well. Um, I just think that, you know, if they can go on a run, they've got a very deep rotation that can compete with the likes um, of them. So I, I, I think that they're really giving it a shot. I think the Yankees uh, are, much better than most teams in the in the AL. I think that they uh, are very well rounded, and they if, they if they stay healthy, they're not quite as deep as um, you know the Padres and the uh, you know. Um, so I, I I do have to go with the um, uh, the Padres, yeah. And Padres and uh, you know Yankees. Yankees yeah. Wow, you guys both, both brought off an agreement on the Yankees, though, going out of the AL. Yeah, I think I think that's, you know, and that's also we're all, you know, fans, so it's also wishful thinking and I think the Yankees have come up short, you know, I've still had a tough time since that well, 2017 really comes down to staying healthy. Yeah, it, it comes down gotta, to staying healthy. Stay healthy. And you know, the pitching is that's the only key. Yeah, I mean, the pitch, healthy. If, but if the gotta, pitching's healthy, that that comes down to it because they get Yeah, and, and Chapman Chapman's got to step Uber up because Chapman is the best closer in the league. Uh, by far, but he's got to step up. He does. I mean, I've watched, you know, two playoff losses where people have hit walk-offs on him. So, you know, it, it's, oh, it's yeah. tough seeing Huge that. Moments. So, you know. Ended, ended the season with a walk-off on him. Yeah, it's huge. That happened twice, didn't it? Yeah. That, all t- that all too big one was awful. Yeah, that, that, that was really, really tough. Um, wow, so I got to pick a winner here. Oh man, this is and basically and basically you decide if we go to the sudden death question or if we go or if the show's over. You know, um for um I gotta say both both great points. You know, Nick brought up some some good points about um 
the Padres, you know, I had actually forgotten about Snell, um, which could be an X factor. I mean, that guy is nasty. He's really, really good. It was a great and, move. Yeah, and it, it really, helped, helped the as a Yankees fan. It helped the Yankees out too. Yeah, it did. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. But you know, it's <laughs> like I think I like Nick's take because I think it's really easy to go. Even though I agree with the Dodgers and the Yankees, and it very well could be, um, you know. No, you I know, agree. If, yeah, I, I I agree with that. You know, with I, Nick's points. I went chalk because it was too hard to make an argument against picking them. Yeah, and I and I think at at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Chris here. I'm, I'm we're gonna bring it to a sudden death. Um, you know, I think uh, I I like Chris's points. Just that's fair. From, from where, like that's what I mean. I like Nick's point about this X factor. I mean, look at the Nationals. I mean, baseball. What's great about baseball is you can have a team start well over under 500 and they freaking win the World Series. I think that that's the exciting thing about baseball is seasons can turn around. Like people can have dream seasons. I mean, it happens. So I think that I love that point, Nick. I think the Padres make great offseason moves, but I have to agree with Chris that like win now, right now. LA is a city of champions. They're going to be there, and the Yankees yeah, have yeah. been on the cusp for years. Um, so be, I, we, we are we are tied sp- at two, two, two any of those, here for any our of those first three episode. Teams. Fernando, any of the three teams about to swing the bat next year. The Yankees, the years, Dodgers, man. or the Padres. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if any of the three of them won the World Series. No, I, I mean Padres. You. I'd be surprised because you know I, making moves like I'd that be more suddenly winning. I, when, when was the last time see. they were in the playoffs? When was the last time they were in the playoffs? Padres. They made. I thought they made the playoffs this past year. Were they in the playoffs this past year? They were. They were quick sure. out. So I for, I forgot. But um, I don't but, know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not 100 on that. So don't hold me to that. We have to look that up. But um, sorry to our fans. But I think they'll that, make. But... The, I think they'll <laughs> um, make the playoffs this year. So oh, I think so too. Um, but you know, I I just think that. I don't know. I, I think the Yankees and the Dodgers have have the upper hand. But let's let's move on from this point. I think we've we've um, really gone deep in it, and I think some great points were brought up, uh, you know, from Nick there that I really, you know, yeah, the Padres. The Padres, Padres did make the playoffs this past year. All right. Yeah, I, I think gonna have it was moves. expanded. I'm gonna so, have to join your fantasy baseball league this year, Chris. I gotta keep my <laughs> knowledge rolling on baseball. Uh, you guys will find. Baseball it is not my uh, go-to sport. I'm big on the NFL, college basketball, and then to lesser extent NBA. But, but uh, to our to our fan standpoint, we set this up for sudden death in the first episode. First episode, I mean, really sudden death. Like this is pretty exciting. So, um, Chris, you are the uh, winner. So um, you are also the person now who chooses the question, and you have saved in the back pocket putting yourself on the couch so you could really make some moves here. So Chris, um, our sudden death question is where's the best fit for Deshaun Watson? That's our sudden death question. So Chris, uh, take that question and, and roll. All right. Tell us so what you want to the, do with it. So, so obviously since we said, I, I got to put myself on the couch and I think, I, th- I think Nick's got to be on the couch. <sighs> Well, this is great. I'm call out this, Nick. <laughs> this is all great. Right. So, all right, so, call out Nick. Since we're, in I sudden, think Nick should go first. Yeah, sudden death. A little bit more lax with the time. I'm going to let you guys roll with it. It's sudden death, so you know I'm going to let you really get your points out. We'll and, call it. A, um, we'll call it a minute thirty. Yeah. We'll call it a so, minute thirty, ninety seconds. So, all right, uh, Chris, uh, where's the best fit for Deshaun Watson? Um, you got a minute and a half. I. Th- 
I think obviously all these teams are speculated. Like the Jets have the best stuff to put up for him, but but it's the question is fit, not who's gonna get him. Best fit for Deshaun Watson, honestly, could be I could be honestly would be trading him for Baker Mayfield and him going to the Browns. Imagine how great the Browns would be with Deshaun Watson over Baker Mayfield. It would just, it would be incredible. Or you could see him going to this. I, the Saints would be a good fit too. They're they're absolutely loaded too. But I think the the Browns, him going to the Browns, he'd have OBJ, Landry, and that defense, and they have two of the best running backs in the game. You could even argue that when they're healthy, that that's the best duo. That's the best running back duo in the game. It could be up there all time for duos. Not many teams have two great running backs like that. And if Deshaun Watson went there, he'd throw for five thousand yards. They'd go. 13 and 3, 14 and 2 easily. He's he's way better than Baker Mayfield. It would be it would be crazy if he went there. Obviously, being a Pats fan, I I want him I want the Pats to trade for him. They don't have the capital. <laughs> but obviously, but obviously for the Texans point of view getting trade value, it'll the, the Jets have a lot of a lot of valuable um assets to give them with the draft, but they don't have play they don't really have players to give them. The Panthers have draft assets, and they could give them McCaffrey. And the um, and what else? The Dolphins could give them Tua and the same capital. But obviously, the best fit talent standpoint is the Browns. You know, it's great, great points, Chris, because I think I've gotten caught up. Uh, you know, being you know a fan of the Jets, I've gotten caught up with wanting him and and saying, you know, who has who has the best assets to give for him, but I haven't really considered this point of where is the best fit for him. Um, So I I never really considered the Browns. Um, I I honestly don't think they do that because I've been a Baker fan. I don't think they would do it either. I've been a Baker fan from the start. And I think the Browns are are big on Baker. So I think they're really going to stay with him. If I was the Browns, Um, if I was the Browns, I would do that in two seconds. But uh, I, I think the Browns are too Baker happy. Um, but Nick, um, I'm going to give you your minute and a half here. Um, you know, uh, you can address Chris's Browns destination, um, but also uh, just your main thoughts on where is the best fit for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, interesting take about the Browns. I think that'd be a great fit. Yes, um, I don't see it happening realistically. One because you know Baker Mayfield had a great second half of the year without Odell Beckham Jr. He's coming back. They want to see how he, you know, he improves upon that. You know, they made the playoffs for the first time in how many years. So, you know, giving up all those assets, they might not feel that they're so far off right now, giving up so many first round picks, giving up um, maybe some players that can be competitive to that. They are in the conversation to be very competitive uh, in that division, potentially win that division next year. So um, I don't really see them as, as suitors as far as Deshaun Watson. I think that'd be great fit for him. But you look at a team that, you know, um, would be a great fit for him personally. I think he would be great on the Carolina Panthers. I want him on the Jets, but let's be real. Carolina Panthers, they got DJ Moore. Uh, They can get Curtis Samuel back. That'd be huge. But even even if not Robbie Anderson, they got Christian McCaffrey. If they throw picks at them at at the Texans, they're able to get him. This is a city that embraced Cam Newton for for, for years as their guy. They would have to give up one of them to get him. I don't think I don't think McCaffrey. I think that if they gave him three first round picks or something along those lines, they could get him. And you know the defense was greatly improved last year. They're they're not a win now organization, but down the road they could really build around him. 
offensive side is not far off. They've got to build the defense up a little bit. I really like Matt Rules, an NFL coach so far in his first year. And I just think that he would really love being the face of the Carolina Panthers franchise and, and, and bringing that team back to being extremely competitive, um, you know, versus the, uh, you know, back to the Cam Newton era. Um, I think that he fits the mold for what they're looking for. Um, and he fits that style of offense that Matt Rule runs. And I just think it would be a great fit for him. Um, but my preferred destination, of course, is the New York Jets. Yeah, you know, um, you brought up, again, I think you came back around, Nick, to the core of the question. Uh, where's the best fit for him, especially with this no trade clause? Um, you know, I think that really has to be put into consideration. Everyone's getting caught up with who has the most to give, who has the most it's assets really to give up. up to him. It really is. And, and I think that that's why this question, the way it's, you know, phrased is important. I think we got to the core of it in this conversation. Um, and Nick, you know, those points are great. I, I, I think I agree. I think the Panthers is the best fit for him. I think he can thrive there. Um, I think they're a team that has obviously had a lot more success in the you know recent years than the Dolphins or the Jets. Um, and I think that, um, Ultimately, it's going to come down to where he wants to kind of make a run and not wait for things to kind of build around him. And I think if he goes to Miami or if he goes to the Jets, I don't know. I think he'll be a star in kind of a overwhelming environment. I mean, the Dolphins had a great year this past year. I, I predicted they would and they, they, they did well. But I, I think I like your take for the Panthers. I do. I just don't think that, that any team that's going to be I, – I don't think that – I just don't see him going to a um, kind of favorite, any team that I hasn't agree. already addressed the uh, quarterback position that's in the running for the Super Bowl. I don't think there's anyone that, that's got an open position. Yes, San Francisco, but I don't really think he fits that the, the scheme that they run there. Um, I think that he's more of a natural fit for Matt Rule's system in Carolina. And two or three years down the road, they could really be competitive. Um, and that's, uh, that's he is in his prime. You, you, could really, you could really plug him in on the Browns, and they would be – so much better. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, Chris. I think that's a little bit of a pipe dream. You know, I think that's like it's a pipe a, no, dream. I, I, I understand, but I was going off the, the base of the question. The best fit, yeah. Best fit? You know, um, you guys. Him, though, for him. Yeah, for him. That's fu- yeah, for but him. that's why I think, but, but I think he is going to request a trade to a warm place, and he's either going to care. Carolina is warm, but it's not as warm as he wants. That's why I think 49ers or Miami. Cleveland is probably Cle- Cleveland ain't warm. Like, Cleveland's not warm. <laughs> no, but I but I'm saying if he if he got a chance to go there, I think he would go. Like Brady going down to where it's warm. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> why would you yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you? You know, I I, I think uh, this is a very intriguing question. I think that where he ends up going uh, is going to shake some things up in the league. I mean, the guy's a proven winner. I mean, he led the league in in, in passing yards this last year. I mean, I think I mean, we we all know he's going to New England. It's, it's already set in stone. He's not going to New England, man. Bill Belichick's making some moves behind the scenes, but it's not that. Um, so I think you know, honestly, uh, in terms of uh, the overall take, uh, uh, the research, and the outlook. Um, congratulations, Nick. Um, I think Nick is uh, the winner of this sudden death. And ultimately, with three wins to two for me and Chris, he is the winner of episode one of the Sports Couch podcast. There you go, Nick. That's one. Yeah, that's, congrats on the, the win. Uh, and if you guys want to check the odds, uh, 
any sports book, they'll have me uh, the odds to win next week as well. <laughs> yeah, Nick does have, uh, you know, many aspects of his sports knowledge and fantasy. He does have an edge um, with, with uh, being the favorite. But, you know, Chris yeah, and I are dark horses. For those of you who don't know, you know, I am a uh, three-time, so a uh, two-time champion, three straight uh, uh, roads to the championship in my fantasy football league. So I've been there three straight years. And uh, next year is going to be a fourth in my uh, third rank in three years. And you know, three P. You want to know why Nick doesn't have a three P? I think you should bring that up too. Yeah, yeah. Chris won two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And also, everybody, this year, you know, I was in the championship with Nick, and I had um, issues with uh, COVID in my in my final game, and I had Derrick Henry, who should have gone off. To to summarize it, he lost. No way game. Anyway, I really. <laughs> so I really appreciate I got, everybody taking the time, listen to our podcast. No, ran a little lengthy this week, but you know we it's a work in progress. Uh, we look forward to uh, any of your comments or uh, you know anything going forward. Uh, I will say that we're going to end every show with our you know matchups of the week that you, we should you, know, you guys should tune into. I would say on Super Tuesday, college basketball it's heating up here. Uh, we got. Number two, Baylor versus number 10, West Virginia. At this point, the ranking is going to come out on Monday, as you know. And then Illinois versus Michigan as well, both on ESPN uh, 5 and 7, respectively. So check those games out. Don't miss those. And uh, I'll push it over to Matt. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Um, actually, uh, uh, today, you know, we got uh, the Clippers and the Bucks playing at 3.30. And, you know, I like seeing these um, – East and West teams play who are going to be contenders. Um, that's a, a, a game to look out for. Um, you know, I'm big on NBA right now. Um, again, we're looking at uh, March 2nd at nine, the Nuggets uh, are also playing the Bucks. And again, I, I, I know I brought up the Bucks twice, but I, I like seeing the West and the East play w- with contenders. Those are two games I'm looking out for in the NBA. Um, and uh, yeah, Chris, give me some outlooks on some games, and I'm, I'm just going to check the listings for the NCAA men's um, to, to give a take on the Whoa. NCAA men's basketball for this week. We've got a great game at 4 o'clock today, Ohio State and Iowa. Big conference game, two top 10 teams. Uh, it's going to be a pretty good game, and preseason baseball just started today, actually. Uh, that'll be a great game, yeah. I just heard the um, yeah, the, M- the MLB, preseason MLB back today. Yankees are losing two nothing to the Blue Jays in the bottom of the first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we, we love that, Chris. You know, I I don't know if I'm going to be tuning in, but I'd like to see how 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 we do. Um, you know, I definitely am. I'm interested also tomorrow. You know, I really want to watch. You know, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play again. They're playing again. Oh, yeah. Great um, matchup. Yeah, tomorrow at nine, and and I'm really interested in that because that game. Oh, it was yesterday. Um, was fantastic. I love seeing Cade Cunningham play. I think he's going to be he is number one or number two pick in the draft. He is phenomenal. He's such a great NBA ready player. Um, and then also on Tuesday, my I, I gave a couple here. Sorry, but um, Illinois and Michigan on Tuesday, um, a five and a three seed. Um, I'm really pumped for that game too. Oklahoma State, one of the hottest basketball on today. Yeah, Oklahoma State, one of the hottest teams in the country right now actually on the outside looking at it from the top 25 but like i said they will be ranked and just goes to show you they won two overtime games versus texas tech and then uh i believe it was saturday they played oklahoma or uh and uh, they, they beat them in overtime as well so 
Um, you know, great, great conference. Just to give you an idea, Oklahoma State being fourth in that conference. <laughs> so it, it, it's it's crazy. Big 12, all in. And, you know, we got we got some great NBA, great NCAA uh, games, a lot of great basketball this week. Um, it's going to be a nice week for basketball. Yeah, a lot of good games today. But anyway, guys, thank you for uh, tuning in to our first episode here of the Sports Couch Podcast, episode one. Congrats to Nick. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, next Sunday. Thanks for listening, guys. W, thanks.